0: Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearcchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. Tonight we're going to jump back and so I'm going to recap a little bit. We've been talking about our text is Ephesians 6.10. Let's pray before we jump into this. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, who is the teacher. Thank you, Father, that we have the capacity and the ability to learn, to grow, to receive. And so tonight our hearts are open, and we're looking to you for wisdom and insight, greater enlightenment, Father, as to these truths that many of us know the basics, but Father, we don't know it as we should, and we can always learn more. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, I, I, I love the fact that God's word is so good. You could just maybe come to the Lord two weeks ago and you can get something out of this message. You could be walking with him for for 50 years and still get something out of this message. And uh, that's just how good he is and that's how good his word is. So we've been talking about Ephesians 6.10 has been our our text scripture. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And so we talked about what does that look like? If someone says, just be strong in the Lord, what does it look like and how do we do that? So we've been talking about that for a few weeks. Uh, We take our our strength cues from Jesus and I'm not, I won't take the time to read that passage, but it was the time where he went into the wilderness. He was tempted of the enemy and he challenged him. And there was four areas that we talked about. One, he, Jesus was dependent on the Holy spirit. The second thing was that Jesus exercised discipline over his fleshly desires. He still had desires and feelings just like we do, but he was able to control those, that strength. He also knew who he was from a spiritual perspective. And that's the thing that we talked about a little bit last week. I want to recap on that because it's important, and then we'll go on. He, he knew who he was from a spiritual perspective. Remember, Satan came to Jesus and said, If you are the Son of God, you need to command this, 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 these stones to become bread. And every time he kept challenging, If you are the Son of God. So he's challenging his identity. And identity is, is a real key thing so jesus knew though from the scriptures who he was and he knew from the scriptures how to have an answer but we've talked about know who you are in christ and that is your your spiritual identity now you don't lose your your other identity if you're you know a a a man you don't that doesn't change um hopefully and um, it uh it's an identity that you don't lose it when you come to christ but you gain a new identity and it's a spiritual identity and it's in Christ. And so I'll use the phrase in Christ talking about what's taken place in us when we made Jesus our Lord, that we're not the same people that we used to be. And now we have another identity. And so you'll hear the phrase who you are in Christ, who you are in Christ is talking directly about your spiritual identity. And it's good to know that because the stronger you are in that, it's gonna be a lot, a lot harder to move you. One of the um, passages that we quote a lot of times is 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Many of you know this one. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. and Behold, all things have become new. I'll leave it up there just for a second. As I was looking at that, that scripture today and just in studying, I, I thought about something that, that really is helpful here old things have passed away the old spiritual nature has passed away the old things we've been forgiven of all of our sins in the past and all things have become new why don't we spend more time focusing on what's become new than focusing on the old things that have passed away one of our challenges and you and you hear people talk and they'll they'll begin to say you know i i I used to be this way and i did all these things and i And listen, a lot of us have a past that we would not want put up on the screen there. And and we I'm glad I grew up in in the day when no one had a cell phone with a camera. There's a lot of us going, oh thank you, Lord. There were no cameras around some of the stupid things I did. And some of the I mean I used to hear about it the next day. You were so funny last night, Alan. I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. So there were things I did that I'm, I'm not proud of. I wouldn't want them shown on the screen and said this This is who I was. But here's the beautiful thing is we don't have to keep focusing on what's old and passed away. He said, well, you don't know how bad I was, but you don't know how powerful the blood of Jesus is and the new birth that wiped away all that old stuff. So why do we keep talking and identifying with the old things? We need, and, and the idea is, and you have to be intentional about it because it just won't jump on you. But we have to begin to identify with who we are in christ see in christ i'm forgiven in christ the bible said i'm accepted in the beloved i'm accepted you know for people who have felt so rejected and maybe people have rejected you maybe your family rejected you maybe other people have rejected you that's one of the greatest truths that when you made jesus your lord you are just as accepted as any any christian because it's in christ you say well no one knows me, and I'm not a preacher. I'm not a singer. And, you know, I'm nothing special. If you're in Christ, you are special. If you're in Christ, you are chosen. If you're in Christ, you're part of God's family. If you're in Christ, you're more than a conqueror. If you're in Christ, you are blessed. If you're in Christ, you are redeemed from the curse of the law. You're a. If you're in Christ, you're a royal priesthood. If you're in Christ, you are something special. You, you can. You. Can, you can look in the mirror before you go to bed at night and go, you are special. But don't forget to add the in Christ. Where it gets, you say, well, that's arrogant. No, no, no. It's arrogant if I go, I'm special. And it stops right there. I'm not special, but I am special in Christ. I'm chosen in Christ. I'm forgiven in Christ. I'm accepted in Christ. I'm dead to sin and alive to God in Christ. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And that's See, as you begin to focus on that, that becomes the, the bedrock of our spiritual identity. I've told the story just briefly that I found out when I was 58 that my, that my father that raised me was not my biological father. He's still my dad, but he was not my biological father. And we had, my, my parents had undergone a very new at that time, especially in the south of, uh, what do you even call it? Artificial insemination? Yeah, it was artificial something and uh, yeah and so you know, my dad wasn't my, my biological father and people said did that did that rattle you did that change you did that mess you up and the answer is no didn't bother me at all I thought it was kind of cool it's like great wonderful that explains so why I'm 510 when my dad was 6 4 I get it now okay <laughs> but what happened was it wasn't because that wasn't a, a change in a shot what it was was I'm more focused on the new things I am in Christ than my natural stuff. Because when, listen, when we get to heaven, think about it. I bet you there's not going to be like groups of Texan fans over here and Astros fans over here, although our numbers should be growing. But we won't be, we're not going to be identifying with it. We're not going to be talking about, it. oh, you remember when the Astros swept the Yankees? I had to work that yeah. in just for all this all those Yankee fans <laughs> <And> there. <I, laughs> listen, I'm glad we got one team in, in Houston we can identify with. Right. But I'm focusing on the new. So here's, here's a way, here's just some practical ways. How do you develop a stronger spiritual identity in Christ? In the book of Philemon, we, we get a little bit of an insight here. Paul is writing to Philemon, one of the shortest books in the Bible. It said that the sharing of your faith may become effective, and that word is energized, by the acknowledgement of every good thing which is in you in Christ. Now, all the things I rattled off, it's good for you to begin to acknowledge those things. So in other words, when you, when you find it in the Bible, if you, maybe it's good. You know, we did our five smooth stones at the beginning of the year. Some of you remember those. And it was five scriptures, but you, could, you can always add scriptures to that. And you can begin to, to take those scriptures and you can begin to say, this is who I am in Christ. And when you're saying that, you're not, manip- I've heard people say, well, I'm not, I'm not manipulating God. Well, Two things are wrong with that. One, no one can manipulate God. And, and number two, all I'm doing is repeating what God has already said about me so i'm not lying about it i'm not saying something that's not true i might not feel like i'm the righteousness of god in christ but that's the spiritual reality of who i am and so by acknowledging that how do you say how how can i get stronger in my identity maybe Maybe you've had problems. Maybe you felt like you weren't someone of great value. Maybe you felt like you were someone that wasn't important, or or maybe you felt like you were overlooked all your life and, and you were just the never the person that had the it factor. The beautiful thing is to God, all of us have the it factor because the it factor is we made Jesus our Lord. And that means we're part of God's family. And God doesn't have a tiered system in family. There's not the special ones and the least special ones and the favorites and the non favorites. All of us are God's favorites. That would be good to say before you go to bed tonight, too. Look in the mirror and go, You are one of God's favorites. I, t- I tell Joy all the time, You are my favorite wife. <laughs> She says, I'm your only wife. I know. I said, I know that, but you're my favorite only wife, but you are my favorite. And God's, I mean, you know, God's big enough to have a bunch of favorites. The Bible said he is absolutely no respecter of persons in the world. There's respect to persons. In other words, we admire talent. We admire beauty. We admire wealth. We admire power in God's kingdom. He admires one thing. Are you in Christ or not? And if you're in Christ, you're a favorite, you're special it's good for us to acknowledge that. And when you begin to acknowledge that, I'm just going to be honest with you, you're not going to feel like it's true. You begin to say, thank God I am I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. That means I have right standing with God in Christ. And I can say that because I've been saying it for a long time. I have no problem. It rolls out of me. Well, when you first start, it may not, but stay with it. If you wanted to get stronger in any area, if you just realized, man, I need to get stronger. How many of you know you you'll have to do something different if someone came to you and said man we got an opportunity if you can you can make this this trek through the Appalachian mountains it's a, it's hard it's grueling it's like it's like a 3 month trek but if you can do it they're promising a, a surprise of 15 million dollars at the end of this can, if you can do it can you, are you in and i'm like uh, 15 million <laughs> yes i am <laughs> but how many of you would think I'm going to have to change some things. I'm um, probably not, I can't go buy Whataburger tonight. <laughs> I probably need to eat right. I, I probably need to exercise. If I'm going to get ready for this, this, this journey, this grueling journey, right? Because it's got a great reward. Well, listen, life is the journey and it may not have a monetary reward, but there, there are rewards to it and there are, listen. So if we want to get stronger, we got to do things differently. So it's, it's, you say, well, that's, that's weird. No, it's not weird. It's different. And it's actually spiritual. And if you're not spiritual, it is weird. But if you are spiritual, you're like, hmm, that's good. I can take that and run with that. I can say about myself what God says. What am I doing? I'm acknowledging every good thing that's in me in Christ. Isn't it better to do that than to acknowledge all of our weaknesses and faults and failures and stuff where we've messed up? So... That's, that's one of the, the key ways to do that. Second thing, here's the fourth one. Make your foundation God's word. This is Jesus' example again. He's our, he's our example. Jesus resisted Satan with, it is written. Remember Satan said, turn these stones into bread. Jesus said, mm, it's written. Jump off the temple. Mm, it's written. He said, worship me. Jesus said, mm, it's written. Every time Jesus responded to the enemy with, it is written. Now here's, here's the beautiful thing about it. There's no one stronger than Jesus, correct? Right? I think we could just say, no one stronger than him. No one more spiritual than him. Right? No one more perfect than him. True? Okay. And yet, he used God's word to resist the enemy. If he did, how much more do we need to do that? If he did it, if that's what he did, he never looked at the enemy and went, get out of here, devil, I'm the son of God. Stupid devil. Do you know who I am? I'm, I, I was here before you were. The world was made by me. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. All things were made through him. Just so you thought I wasn't blaspheming. <laughs> but he never did that. He kept saying, it's written. It's written. It's written. Why? There's enough strength in the Scriptures. That's how you resist temptation. That's how you resist the enemy But in other words, Jesus is saying, this is where I build my life. And later, this is what he said. This is how we build a life, period. Our life is built on his word. Let's look in Luke, Jesus is talking. He said, whoever comes to me and hears my sayings and does them, I'll show you whom he's like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid the foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream beat vehemently. That's a big, bad beating against that house and could not shake it for it was founded on the rock but he who heard and did nothing is like a man who built a house on the earth without a foundation against which the stream beat vehemently and immediately it fell and the ruin of that house was great same storm seemed like it hit both houses one house stood one house did not stand why one house was was built on a solid foundation and so building our lives on a solid foundation is we have to be ones that we come to Jesus and we hear his word and then we begin to put it into practice. Begin to put it into practice. Now, I, I realize I'm talking to people who are here or watching on Wednesday night, and so which makes you special. You already were special, but you're special, special. And so you're, But understanding is, is it's not just hearing the word, but hearing it and beginning to practice it in our lives that builds a foundation that when the storms hit, we can stand. You know, I, I think sometimes people look at other people's lives and, and Joy and I have, have encountered uh, in our 40 years of marriage, we've encountered some storms. She's been deathly ill. We've had children that, that, were, that were sick and, and we had problems and challenges and all this kind of things. And you say, well, you know, you enjoy you stood because you're preachers. No, a, a lot of these things happened before we were pastors. And so the idea is, as you begin to take God's word, you begin to put it into practice. We had a marriage that was bad. I mean, we argued a lot. We fought a lot. There was a lot of pain, a lot of drama, a lot of stuff. You say, well, what happened? Did God just one day feel sorry for you and just go, doggone, they're trying. And bless her heart, she's had to live with him. Joy thought Joy thought she was, she was raised Catholic. Anybody have a Catholic background? Here? Joy was raised Catholic. She thought when she got married to me she thought for a while there she was having to do penance for something <laughs> that's how bad that's how bad it was and she's like I guess I deserve this somehow I'm having to do, do pen-. that's how bad our relationship was we say well well what got that turned around well it, it wasn't it, it wasn't just going to church we begin to hear things we begin to hear what God said we begin to hear what God said about relationships we begin to hear about how to walk in love and then we begin to practice it did you, were you perfect at it Mm-mm. no but we grew and that's the key and so when the storms begin to hit and we had some storms that hit when the storms hit we didn't crumble because we stayed with god we stayed with what he said we stayed believing that we're going to come through this and that's where that's really where the rubber meets the road is when Jesus said, when you come to he said, he who comes to me and hears what I say and then begun, begins to do it, he's like someone that digs deep. You ever dug holes? Digging is not easy work. Man, I've dug post holes. For a while there, I was a, I was a hole digger down in, in, uh, in Florida, dropped out of college and went down there. I, was a, I, I used to put on my resume, landscape engineer assistant. I was a hole digger, man. All I did was dig holes for a while. And, and man, that's hard work. And, and so digging deep, dig, he said, you hear and you begin to do it. You're digging deep. That's, that's digging deep. And so beginning to hear and put God's word into practice. You say, well, how do I do that? Well, I just gave you something tonight we can do. You can begin to go find out what the scriptures say who you are in Christ, and you can begin to acknowledge that and begin to say, I'm saying yes to who I am in Christ. And I'm, I'm exalting that above whoever I was in the past. I'm gonna acknowledge that. See, that's putting it into practice. Joy had, had put up the, um, the love chapter, which by the way is our commandment, is to walk in love. And Joy had in the amplified version, she'd written it out by hand and, you know, and I would open a cabinet to get a, a glass for some water and, and there was 1 Corinthians 13, verses 4 through 8. I would go underneath the, the bathroom sink to open that up, and there's 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. You go inside of the mirror, you know, to open medicine cabinet, and there's 1 Corinthians 13, four. It was all over our house. I said, why is it all over our house? She says, I need this. She said, I need to be reminded of this all the time, walking in love. Living with me, she needed that. <laughs> but, but what happened is we learned to, to begin to put it into practice. And from people who fought all the time every day to people who rarely have an argument at all, that's growth. True? Yes. Now here's the deal, you say, well, you got older. No, we did get, we had more birthdays, yes. Having birthdays does not make you a nice person. I know people right now that got older and meaner. Anybody who's like, oh, it's not like everyone just kind of mellows when they get old. Some people just get mean as a snake. Some people stop caring what anybody thinks. They're just going to say it anyway. I just say, I'm old. I'm going to say it anyway. I won't say it. Here. I'm going to speak my mind. Well, unless you got the mind of Christ, we really don't want to hear it. But getting older doesn't make you better. Practicing God's word makes you better. It helps you grow. So it wasn't that we were preachers and and the Lord felt sorry for us and fixed us and we have an advantage that you don't have. Every one of us has to handle God's word the very same way. We got to hear it and do it. Preachers do not have, I know this always freaks y'all out. Preachers do not have an advantage over you in this area. In fact, it's actually, it's a disadvantage. And the disadvantage is because my words can come back to bite me. You say them publicly and my wife will look at me and go, well, Mr. Bible person, because my words are out there and they're public. And so the Bible said, we who are teachers receive greater condemnation. So we don't have an advantage. I have to do God's word just like you do. I I love, I always love the response of this. People are looking at me like, "We thought you had it better." No, 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 no. no, There's there's no no one has an advantage. Those of us who who preach and teach and sing—that's a gifting of God to help you. But it's that's an anointing. And in fact, people, how could a preacher fall? Because we're anointed to preach it, not to live it. Did you hear thee? and so don't just sit there and think yeah well, that's alan and alan you know he and his wife and she's perfect and you know that's so no no alan w- when i close my bible and get in the car to go home i have to deal with thoughts just like you do i have to i have to i have to deal with people who are in my lane i i i have to deal with people who are rude people who who say unkind things and I have to deal with crazy stuff just the way you do you understand that and so the, the strength comes by taking God's word and making it the foundation where we live now next week <laughs> next week I'm praying for a sweep guys because because if I don't we got game five next week and I know some of you who actually would come would be doing this to hope. <laughs> The whole game. the whole game. I might as well just like put a, like a little with a picture in a picture inside. And... But, but next, next week, next week, I, I want to talk about a side of strength that we have not figured in yet. I think people think about being strong in the Lord, we think about battling temptation and battling uh, spiritual attacks and battling you know, all the the attacks of the enemy. But there's a side of strength that I want to talk about next week that is actually bigger than that. It's It's another picture of what strength looks like. Being strong in the Lord is not a function of our personality. It's not a function of our giftings. It's not a function of our background. It's a function of beginning to find out who we are in Christ and beginning then to follow his example and beginning to walk like he walked. And walking like he walked is not weird because, because Jesus in you and how he manifests through you is gonna be different than how he manifests through me. But there are some things that we're gonna talk about next week that are, are really beginning to define what, what strength looks like and, and, and how to be, because we wanna be strong. You know, I don't think anybody ever wants to be like, oh, no, I know I wanna be a weak Christian all my life. I don't think anybody wants that. I think all of us would like to be stronger as a Christian, more Christ-like. And how, how how many of you know that, that being more christ-like would bless your home yes. I, now now the objective there is not to look at your spouse and go see if you would be more christ-like it, it, would, it, it, it would it would bless our home the, the objective is is that we become more christ-like because here's the deal you become more christ-like and you're able to put up with a lot more stuff and things that used to annoy you won't annoy you as much I heard a man say one this one time we can all meditate on it He said, you're only as big as the things that annoy you. How's that for cheery? (laughs) But it's got a good point. And what what happens is, as we grow in strength, then the things that used to bother us don't bother us as much anymore. We're able to get past it. From someone who, listen, from someone who who lived in and out of depression, I had a family that dealt with depression. We used to call it bad moods. I look back on now, it was depression and my family dealt with depression. And if depression runs in the family, you can get used to it and you can operate in it. And so for someone who used to operate in depression and and dealt with it on a pretty frequent basis, I can tell you that you can grow and get strong enough to the place where depression starts to raise its head and you smack it right down and go, "I'm I'm not doing it, not living. I don't live depressed anymore. I don't have depressed days and depressed weeks. I used to, but I don't anymore. Say, so that's because you're amazing, Alan. Nope, it's because, it's because I'm in Christ. And in Christ, I'm stronger than the depression. And in Christ, I'm stronger than the junk. And in Christ. And, and here's the beautiful thing. That applies to me. It applies to you if you're in Christ. Would you bow your head for a moment? Talking about being in Christ, it's a relationship that comes when you make Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life. Heads are bowed, and eyes are closed, and no one's moving or looking around. If you're here tonight, or maybe you're watching online, and you you say, you know what, you know what? I have never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of my life, but I, I really want to do that, or I'm not sure if I have. I really want to do that. We're going to say a prayer, and this prayer is for you. It's a wonderful prayer. It's short, and it's powerful. We're not going to have you come to the front or, or stand up, but right there in your seat or right where you are online, you can pray this with us. Or maybe maybe you did that one time. And you've just simply gotten away from the Lord, and you know that, he knows it. You're sitting there thinking, man, I used to have a relationship with the Lord, but I, I just walked away from him. Well, listen, he is so much more than willing to take you back. And all you gotta do is make the move, and he is right there. The prodigal son parable's a great picture of a God who's looking for you to come back. And if you will, he will run to meet you and bring you right back into the family. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. That's you that I'm talking to. Either one of those situations applies to you and you say, Alan, I really would like to be in on these prayers. Would you pray for me? Would you slip your hand up just real quickly across the auditorium? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thanks, yeah, I got those hands, yeah. In the back, great, wonderful. You can put your hands down, we're gonna pray. If you didn't lift your hand, you want to. Obviously, if you're online, I can't see you. If you're by yourself, you can pray this prayer with us. If you are um, around a lot of other people, you can pray it quietly. We're gonna pray it with you as a church family. You're here today, and uh, we'll pray this prayer out loud. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior. I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. And God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior. Is the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. My heads are still bowed and eyes are closed. Heavenly Father, I am so thankful for the people who made that decision, for the people who prayed that prayer, for those who've come to you for the first time and for those who have come back. And Lord, we just rejoice with them. This is eternity that we're talking about. It's so valuable. Thank you for that. Thank you that you paid the price that they could have the freedom to come and we rejoice with them. Lord, I thank you for those of us who have walked with you, who've been purchased, accepted, redeemed, forgiven. Thank you for what you have done for us in Christ. May we never, ever lose sight of the magnitude of your mercy and grace in our lives. And we give you all the praise for that. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearchchurch.com. Have a great week.